0: Mr. the two hundred brass from Carson Sestouli. This is Fangraphs Studio. My guest on this edition of Fangraphs Studio. Well, our guest is uh, both Nick Gordon and Jeff Hoffman. However, at the moment, it is neither Nick Gordon nor Jeff Hoffman. It is Kylie McDaniel who is actually the person who interviewed uh, both those young baseball prospects, and Kylie is here to uh, to introduce us to them. Hello, Kylie. Boom!
1: Terrible surprise. <laughs> you
0: got to listen to me. <laughs> uh, boom! Terrible surprise. You said boom. As, sure. as the first words that you think, it's
1: onomatopoetic
0: uh, You have uh, you've talked to a couple of um, important baseball prospects. Uh, let's start with let's start with Nick Gordon. Nick Gordon is a Twins prospect and a high school draftee. Those are the two things I definitely know about him.
1: Yeah, he is the son of Tom Gordon. Mm-hmm. I guess also known as Flash Gordon, the big league reliever that I think he made some All Star teams. He was around for a while. Um and the brother of Dee Gordon, the uh I guess it would be with the what the Miami Marlins second baseman is that how you would describe? Him?
0: Yeah, that seems to be to be fair at this point. It is, yeah, and um, it's sort of relevant I guess because Tom Gordon had a pretty specific body type or unique body type relative to major leaguers because he was kind of short and squat. Um, and is a
1: little squatter now, but right. I guess it's normal as you get older.
0: Right. And then D. Gordon is, I mean, uh, you know, with the exception maybe of Billy Hamilton and uh, Andrew Andrew Velasquez uh, in the Rays system now.
1: Yeah, he's an A ball, not quite at the same level. As right, D. not you the heard same heard level. But I'm just
0: thinking like 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 people who are that thin and also alive. <laughs> um, uh, because Dee Gordon's quite thin, but but uh, but I don't yes, think Nick Gordon right. Nick Gordon doesn't have that body type.
1: No, he's actually got pretty broad shoulders. And I remember I talked to Tom when Nick was a sophomore at Olympia High School in Orlando because Jesse Winker and Walker Weichel were both first-round picks as seniors on that team. And, of course, all the scouts knew Tom and knew that Nick was a guy to watch, even as a sophomore. I think he was the leadoff hitter in shortstop as a sophomore on a really, really good team. Uh, and I remember he walked up to me because I was a guy that was at the game that looked like a scout that he didn't know. So he just walks up and starts talking to me. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm with ESPN, and we started talking. And I was like, so you think uh, Nick's gonna be bigger than D? And he was like, oh yeah, he's gonna be a lot bigger. It's like totally different body type. He's got broad shoulders. Like he's probably like six foot. Uh, I don't know, 175 maybe 180, and it looks like he'll put on at least another 10 or 15 pounds. So yeah, you can you can tell it's a whole different thing than D. And while it might be a similar build to his dad, uh, it's also a lot taller. So. I believe he attributed that to his mom. I don't. I don't know what his mom looks like, but right. it's obviously not like the other two guys in the family. Uh,
0: Nick Gordon's interesting. You said that he knew Tom. I mean, we mentioned his dad is a was a pretty successful major leaguer. Um, I would have assumed. I probably assumed till this moment that that sort of player would have uh, certain advantages, and maybe Nick Gordon did. But as he mentions in this conversation with you, he attended like all of these high school uh, prep show, and you know prep style showcases.
1: Yeah, and it was as, like, a freshman and sophomore and junior in high school, like, when he didn't really need to. There was no – like, everyone knew his name. He didn't have to, like, boost his draft stock until, like, sort of the formal showcase season when everyone's actually paying attention. He went to everything. And he would – he pitched until his senior year and hit 95 almost every time he pitched – and was like one of the best pitchers on his team, obviously. And then his, when it came time for like showcase season before his senior year and his senior season, they're like, oh, well, he's not, a, we know he's better as a shortstop. We're just not going to pitch at all and, you know, try to, try to really focus on the shortstop thing, which worked out pretty well because he went fifth overall. Uh, but yeah, he's, I've probably seen him play, I don't know, 20 or 30 games. I've, I've seen him a lot. And I tried to make sure that didn't come off as creepy when I told him I'd been following him around the state of Florida.
0: (laughs) Right. You also uh, not creepy, uh, but also not not awkward, as you asked him about uh, both Drake and Kendrick Lamar. He
1: seemed to like be open to the concept of talking about. He was open to
0: it. You apparently be more familiar with Lamar's discography than than he does, though.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, he's got stuff to do, and I'm just staring at a computer all day.
0: That's true. Uh, the other person you talked to is uh, Jeff Hoffman. Jeff Hoffman uh, is a right has not pitched professionally, but was selected uh, last year ninth overall in the, in, the, uh, in the draft out of East Carolina University. And I guess what? He's, uh, you've ca- sort of caught him towards the very end of his rehabilitation. I, I should have said he was selected by the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, he is uh, at the very end of his uh, rehab from Tommy John surgery.
1: Yeah, I guess he technically has thrown professionally because he threw in a big league spring training game. I like, guess it's just not regular season. Uh, but yeah, he'll be, uh, he talks about in the interview. He'll be at extended spring training for what looks like it'll be about a month as, you know, assuming nothing goes wrong as far as rehab or complications or, you know, tenderness or whatever. Um and then he'll probably go to one of the A-ball levels. And as we talked about in the, uh, in the interview, I, he looked like Justin Verlander or Adam Wainwright uh in his best start on the Cape that I saw. It was like above average to plus everything and maybe an 80 fastball and like 64 and athletic and projectable and what like had sequencing down and was like fooling really good hit. like it was kind of amazing to watch. And that's I know I mean there were probably about a 100 scouts at that start on the Cape uh and not a ton of other scouts were kind of coming in and seeing him at that point. Uh so while there were plenty of scouts there, not a ton of them have seen that vintage of Jeff Hoffman. They mostly saw the one in the spring, which we talk about. Uh, in The interview was not quite as good for you know various reasons, depending on who you talk to. Uh, but he feels like he's back now, so
0: well, he yeah, could it, he it, could it, it,
1: shoot through the minors, as they say.
0: He actually says that um, in his opinion, his his command and and I guess sort of what he offers in general is is uh, even improvement on those Cape performances.
1: Well, yeah, I think I've, I might talked about in today's chat that just in general, if a pitcher, like, loses his velocity or goes through surgery or whatever, a lot of times as they're waiting for the velocity to come back, they learn to pitch in such a way that only guys in the high 80s know how to pitch. And then when the velocity fully comes back, then they sort of have learned pitchability that you can only learn when you don't have stuff, and then they can combine that with the stuff. It's just rare that a guy loses his velo and then it comes back and – this may be an example where he sort of just had some time to just work on his delivery and like the way, you know, do the sort of schooling stuff. And that may have been enough because he's actually shown the pitch ability already, which is so rare.
0: You know, and, and this is the last thing I'll ask you. But both these guys seem to demonstrate a real, I, I would say, charming combination of um, a sort of serious mindedness regarding the game and also a, a real affection for it. I, I don't know if, it, is that unique to, to these two guys, or, or you know, do you think it has something to do with their their ages or their levels of uh, you know the, you know the fact that they haven't necessarily had to deal with like huge long professional seasons? Yeah, I think I mean
1: obviously Nick uh, spends time with. Tom Gordon and Dee Gordon and Barry Larkin and has been around the game forever and has played with first-round picks, like probably dozens of them, on like travel teams and things like that. So I I think that there's a bit of just sort of like an erosion. Like however the water wants that coastline to look, it's going to look if there's enough water. And he's had a lot of interaction with sort of the what right way to do things. So that's not too surprising. Right. And Jeff, I think, just went through a lot of stuff. Like I talked to him at my old job after that outing on the Cape, I stood there and talked to him and his dad for, like, 20 minutes and recorded, like, five or six minutes of it. And I was, like, telling him off mic, like, you're good enough to go number one in the draft. And he was, like, surprised. Like, no one had told him that before. And obviously scouts aren't, like, broadcasting that that early in the process. And, the you know, there was a little bit of naivete to it, which it should be. Like, he hadn't sort of entered the process yet. Uh, and then he had the whole Tommy John and people asking him tough questions and then, you know, he goes, he goes to like a press conference after he's drafted and people ask him how his rehab's going and how did it feel to be let down. Like he's been asked real questions in front of like sort of real stakes. If he were to say something stupid, people would notice it. So I think he's also had that same sort of experience where you kind of figure out sort of the, the demeanor you have, even though he was like a little later arriving to this sort of, you know, high level of uh, of fame, I guess, to the baseball prospect people.
0: Right. All right. Well, thank you so much, uh, Kylie. These are these are both a lot of fun. Yeah. Did I give enough
1: context in the interview about uh, when Jeff got hurt after me and Frankie suggested a mechanical change that everyone was blaming us for? Yeah, I, I,
0: I understood that. Yes. I think no one's blaming you, Kylie.
1: Yeah, I knew they weren't, and they shouldn't be. But I, I want to make sure people knew that.
0: Yes, that's right. It's not your fault. It's not. Are we going to have? Is this going to be a Goodwill hunting right now?
1: What's the deal <laughs> with it not being your call? Okay, right.
0: <laughs> that's good. Uh Kylie, thank you so much for these. Yeah, thank you. Alright, that uh, well that's Kylie McDaniel right now. Please uh please stay tuned uh for Kylie McDaniel's dual conversations. First uh, with twins shortstop prospect Nick Gordon and then uh, Toronto Blue Jays right handed pitching prospect Jeff Hoffman. Thank you.
1: How you doing? Hey, this is Kylie with Fangrass. How you doing?
2: I'm doing good.
1: So uh, I'm guessing you had, uh, what, a minor league spring training game today? Uh, yes, sir. How's uh, how's spring training going for you so far? I guess this is your first experience going through that whole process.
2: It's been pretty good. I'm happy to uh, get through it. So uh, it's been pretty good for me.
1: Yeah, it actually, it's funny, because I, I used to live in uh, Florida, and I've seen you a lot, all the way back to when uh, uh Winker and uh, Weichel were on your team, and all the scouts were seeing you as a sophomore, and uh, some of the scouts would joke they thought you'd show up wherever somebody was playing catch, because you seemed to be at every event we went to, <laughs> or at every game we went to. <laughs> were there were there like times in high school when you retired and thought you needed a break, or thought the season was going on too long, or are you just the kind of guys just always looking for a game no matter what time of year it is?
2: Uh yeah, I mean I never really got tired. You know, uh, being in high school, we didn't really play as much baseball. So I mean, uh, every opportunity we got to be around the field, I mean, I was uh, I'd love to be there. And uh my dad, uh, he did the best he could. My dad and my mom to get me to a lot of the showcases and tournaments and get me signed up for those things. And uh, I enjoyed it. I mean, I loved being on the field.
1: Yeah, so I'm I'm guessing because of that, you're probably because a lot of times you'll hear. Guys go into the first full season, once you get down toward, you know, toward the end of the year, they'll talk about being worn down that they haven't really done this before and it's it sounds like you've done maybe not quite as long as a pro schedule, but something close to that the last few summers.
2: Uh yeah, not not quite as long, but you know, I play uh quite a few games myself, so I'm you know I was prepared for it.
1: Yeah. Um, so your, your season last year ended a little early with the broken finger, uh, but, I, I mean, up until then, how did you feel the sort of transition? Were there any sort of surprises or adjustments or just sort of the, the lifestyle pro baseball that was a little surprising to you?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, not too many adjustments. I mean, it was just playing a game of baseball. You know, the game was a lot quicker. We're just uh, getting used to that. But, I mean, playing every day because in high school, I mean, we we play one day and then we get three off and then play another game. So, I mean, it was just, getting used to playing every single day and uh, going to the ball field working out and staying healthy. So.
1: Yeah. And is, has there been a, a big adjustment? Like was, You obviously mentioned the game's been faster. Has there been one specific thing either on offense or defense that's been sort of the biggest challenge for you so far to work on? Uh,
2: just offensively, you know, uh, pitcher, every pitcher's going to be good and, you know, in high school, you see probably one good pitcher a week, but every day you're going see a good pitcher, you're gonna see somebody who's throwing harder and know how to locate pitches and have good off speed. So, I mean, just seeing better pitching, I mean, but it makes you a better hitter. it makes you more disciplined at the plate, so.
1: Yeah, I guess, talk about your, your sort of, your approach at the plate in general. Are you, are you, do you have like sort of hard and fast rules or specific, th- you know, how picky you're gonna be about certain pitches and locations, or does it just vary at bat to at bat?
2: Uh, you know, just look for a pitch and get it, and uh, whenever you get it, don't miss it. You know, kind of just paying attention to the game plan, what the pitcher has, and and going up to the plate knowing exactly exactly what you want to do and having a plan before. So,
1: and how good would you sort of rate your own knowledge of the strike Do you feel like you're sort of learning every day, or do you feel like you have a a pretty good handle of it at the level
2: you're playing right now? Oh, I'm still learning. I mean, you got to learn every day. On, once you start learning it. It's time to get out of the game. I mean, every single day I'm learning something, especially with myself and at the plate, so. Uh,
1: and I guess another thing the, the scouts had commented on, uh, back when you were in high school is you were particularly well coached defensively. You seemed, a lot of times with guys your age, uh, they would see, oh, the footwork needs a little work on this specific play or, you know, uh, you know, little little mechanical things like that. And you seem unusually well coached, uh, for that age. Do you just sort of attribute that to the reps of, like I said, sort of playing in so many games, or was there, like, a specific coach or, you know, certain things you're working on that you think helps you a lot?
2: Well, yeah, reps, and I also work out with uh, Barry Larkin in the off season, You know, and even in high school, I worked out with him, so, uh you know, that uh, was one of the greatest to have play position, and, and learning from him, you know, uh, you can't really go wrong. He There's no wrong that he says. I mean, everything that he tells me and everything that he shows me, I mean, stuff that helps my game, and you know, I just learned it from him and, and watching my brother and my dad as well, listening to those guys. I mean, he really helped me with that. So,
1: Yeah, I had heard some guys had mentioned that you would work with Larkin. I didn't know if that was just a temporary thing or a month here or there. I guess you're saying it's been sort of a longer-term deal?
2: Yeah, it was been kind of a longer-term deal. I mean, we, we're still working out in the season now as well. So, I mean, nothing really changed. We we keep our workout programs uh, pretty fluent. So,
1: Oh, last thing I wanted to ask you uh I found that, you know, the fans like to know some, uh, you know, some sort of personal things. Is there, like, uh, some music or a movie or TV that's really uh, in front of mind for you right now?
2: Um, uh, music, I mean, uh, I kind of like all kind of music, you know. kind of big on the rap and hip-hop music, but, I mean, I, I pretty much listen to everything.
1: What did you think uh, about the new Kendrick album? That seems to be one getting a lot of buzz now.
2: I couldn't hear you. Which one did you say?
1: What did you think about the new Kendrick album?
2: Oh, then I actually haven't heard it. Yeah. I've been so
1: busy, I've listened to it once. It's not one of those ones you can listen to once and like it. It takes a little more time.
2: Yeah, I haven't heard it yet, so I have to get around to it and listen to it.
1: Yeah, you have, what about the Drake mixtape from like a month ago? Did you catch that?
2: Yeah, I did. I'm actually still playing that now. I mean, I like that, so.
1: Alright, well, see, now we're on the same page now. Uh, Do you have any any sort of go-to sort of game day uh, rituals, any like the same workouts or or same food or, uh, you know, little things you like to do at the same time every day?
2: Uh, I mean, not really. I just kind of make sure the night before I get me a good meal. You know, I call my dad, call my mom and my dad every single day. I mean, I try to call my dad um, every night after the game and right before I get ready to go to the field, you know, talk to him, go over some baseball stuff with him. The game plan going for today, you know, and uh basically that's pretty much it. And then, well, I talk to my brother as well. I talk to my brother every single day. You know, we kind of go over baseball stuff as well, but mostly we just talk about every day, kind of get our minds off baseball, you know, and see how he's doing and see how I'm doing. So, I mean, have you, been able day, to,
1: have you been able to see your brother in spring training? I guess now since you're both in Florida,
2: I actually did. When they came down to play, he, uh, surprised me he came down here and he showed up and he uh watching practice and stuff before his game so that was pretty cool.
1: Do you do you ever tease him about how skinny he is?
2: Oh no, I mean I do not because it'd be so skinny he he's got some strength. He got some strength and, and and he's definitely fast. I mean everybody knows that, so I mean if anything he teases me.
1: Oh yeah, no I I mean, I'm not going to tease him. He's better than I'm ever going to be at baseball. But I, <laughs> I don't know if there's if there a little little sibling rivalry there.
2: Oh, there's always a sibling rivalry, always.
1: Yeah. Do you have the Twins told you uh, where you're going to start the season yet?
2: Uh, I think I'll be in Cedar Rapids, All
1: right. Well, I guess you'll get you have to use the cold weather for the first month or so up there.
2: Oh uh, yeah, it's pretty cold.
1: <laughs> well, I'm, I'm guessing your your fingers all 100 uh, percent now, so you're not going to get that that weird stinging uh, feeling when you get jammed.
2: Oh, no. Hopefully I ain't getting jammed, so. <laughs> All
1: right. Well, sounds good, man. Uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for giving us the time, and uh, maybe we'll check back with you later when the season's going.
2: All right. Thank you.
1: Yep. Have a good one.
2: You too.
0: That is Nick Gordon, a Twins prospect, who it appears will begin the season with the Class A Midwest League Cedar Rapids Colonels. He can be found there this summer. Up next, uh, Kyla McDaniel's other conversation, in this case, the Toronto Blue Jays prospect Jeff Hoffman, as we noted in the introduction, Hoffman is recovering at the very tail end, in fact, of recovering from the Tommy John procedure and is awaiting his assignment. Here's Kyle McDaniel in conversation with Blue Jays right-handed prospect Jeff Hoffman.
1: Good, how are you? I'm doing good. So, what are you? Uh, I guess what's your schedule like today? I guess have you guys broken camp and you're probably still in Dunedin, right?
3: Yeah, I'm still in Dunedin. Um, actually, today is... They're giving us a day in between um, kind of when when the teams broke and when extended starts, um, which is when I'll start doing my... get back to my rehab. So,
1: today's an off day for me. You obviously seem like... You, I didn't get a chance to see it, but I heard you did uh, pretty well in your in your big league spring training outing. How did you feel things went for you there?
3: I mean, I felt like everything went really well. I know, uh, I, mean, I have all my command, um all my command is back, my velocity's there, um, throwing a lot of strikes, working ahead and counts and I mean it's really easy to pitch when you're uh, when you're ahead and counts and you need to have some fun.
1: Has has Toronto sort of told you what your game plan is going forward, like how long you'll be in extended and when you can sort of mix in all of your off speed pitches and all that sort of thing? Um
3: I know that my plan right now is is just to gradually build my innings up. Um, I'm actually I'm in games and I'm throwing all my pitches right now, so I'm I'm full bore and um, right now we're just kind of taking it nice and slow and getting my innings and my pitch count built up for the season.
1: Yeah, and I know the the sort of normal timetable for Tommy John is typically sort of twelve months or a little more, and I guess you're back in a little under twelve months. Is there? Is that I guess that's the reason you're sort of being cautious, making sure everything's at a hundred percent, and sort of proving it for a little bit before you start uh, really extending yourself.
3: Yeah, yeah, I think the the whole thought process is, you know, I'm I haven't had any setbacks, and I've been feeling really what for, feeling really good for the most part. So, um, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm back in games. I don't know if this is early or right on time. Uh, I think it's actually right on time because I'll be actually. Um, I'm I'm hoping I'll be assigned
1: right around my one year mark, so uh, I think I'm I'm just about right on target. And I, I mean, if they told you where you think you're going to go? Is I guessing low A probably?
3: No, I mean I I haven't really been thinking about it too much right now. I'm I'm still focused on taking the thing day by day. Um, you know, I definitely I made it this far. I definitely don't want to have a hiccup now. Um, yeah. So I've really just been been really focused on. Uh, doing what I have to do day by day, and, and if I do that, then, um, you know, everything else will take care of itself.
1: And I guess you probably haven't gone through sort of the the rehab process in general. Uh, what, what was that sort of like, finding sort of different challenges as far as keeping yourself motivated every day to sort of go through that whole experience?
3: Yeah, it was it was really tough. Uh, probably the toughest thing I've ever had to do. Uh, it's just, you know, the thing that gives guys is it's so repetitive um, you you know, you wake up and you do the same thing every day for the for the first uh five months and then you get to pick up a baseball again and it's really slow building your arm strength back up and you're getting feel your mechanics again. So um, you know, it was it was really tough but when you have a great training staff behind you like the Blue Jays have behind me, uh it it's it makes it a little easier.
1: And has the sort of schedule just in general for Pro Ball, has that been Close to what you've experienced, uh, you know, on the Cape and, and amateur ball, or has it been a little more a little more intense than you were expecting? Um, it's a little bit different. Uh, you know, in college you're
3: on a seven day plan. Um, pro ball you're on a five day plan, so there's there's a little difference in there. Um, and and your your workload on the baseball field definitely goes up. You know, in college you're, you you got to manage your time. You're going to class every day. You don't really have as much time to to get be on the baseball field, but um you know pro ball this is your job so you uh you have all day every day to go out and work and um you know it it's you know once again it's it's all the training staff they they help you out big time in setting up your schedule and making sure you're not overworking yourself
1: and i'm guessing with the you know you're saying all day every day baseball it probably gives you a little more downtime to like watch netflix and stuff like that when you're rehabbing right <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Do you do you, well? Do you have a sort of favorite TV show or movie or a thing you're going back to a lot? Um, yeah, I've, I'm a big
3: Walking Dead fan, so I've been watching that that of uh, season now. Um, so I don't know what I'm going to do with my life now.
1: <laughs> you got to find a new show. That's how it works.
3: Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> well, well, it kind of it worked out well because hopefully uh, within the next month I'll be playing again, so I'll have something else to look forward to now.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, you'll you'll be focusing on frustrating batters, but uh, you'll have to find a new yeah, show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you'll have equal challenges.
3: <laughs> um, exactly.
1: So going back to college, we have a little bit of history. I talked to you after, I think it was one of your best Cape outings, and uh, talk, uh, Frankie and I talked to you and your dad, and uh, everything uh, seemed hunky-dory at that point. And then I guess spring yep. came around, and I know from the scouts I talked to in the outing uh, that I saw during the spring from you, Things weren't quite the same as far as just the stuff and the command and the consistency. Was before the injury happened and sort of that early spring area, did you sense something was wrong either with the delivery or with your arm? Or was it everything felt fine, it just wasn't coming out quite the same way?
3: No, uh I felt I felt fine. I, I really didn't feel anything in my arm um, until I heard it. Uh it was kind of a one time deal when I got hurt. I mean I knew it and, and we took it from there, but I, I really didn't feel anything. I didn't feel any different, um, you know. I just didn't perform as well um, in East Carolina uniform. And that's a shame because I love playing for those guys, and I wish I could have got them to a Super Regional to Omaha. But um, I just didn't perform as well as I liked. Uh, you know, I mean, I really didn't even feel like the ball was coming out any different. I felt like my stuff was still there. I just wasn't locating as well. Um, you know, on the Cape, I I really dominated because I was able to keep the ball down and. I located every off-speed pitch in the zone um you know in college i just wasn't able to do that as often and uh i think that's why my numbers there and, and everything there wasn't as good as, as the cape
1: so i'd say the the high point for frankie and i's podcast is when you when you mentioned to kendall rogers that you took a delivery suggestion from us and we got a lot of flack <laughs> when you got hurt after that people blaming us for getting you hurt
3: <laughs> no no that had nothing to do with it, guys, <laughs> all
1: right, all right, I'm glad we could get that on the record um <laughs> but I guess that that it did happen somewhat close to when you got injured was the did you feel like that made any sort of material change you just needed something to go off of, or was that just sort of a let's try that and see if that works
3: um yeah, I mean it was always i mean pitching is always something that you you kind of coin around and trying to find the new thing that works um and you know sometimes I mean. Sometimes it's a little, a little change in your delivery and it makes a big difference. Uh, as you guys know, baseball is a game of inches and, and that, it goes the same for your mechanics. I mean, one little, one little hit turn at the top of your, your leg kick can make a huge difference in, in the ball when it's going down, but down the, uh, down the slope. So, um, you know, I just, I mean, when I got hurt, I just think it was, it was a freak thing and, um, you know, you see it with a lot of high-velocity guys nowadays. So I wasn't, I wasn't going to blame it on anything. But you know, just just uh, the gravity of uh, throwing hard, and and that's just what's going to happen eventually.
1: And you mentioned earlier, you felt like your uh, your command and your arm speed and everything is back to where it was, uh, kind of on the Cape. Did, is that? Do you feel like everything is sort of back now, and you're just sort of hoping you can keep it going for a little bit, or do you feel like you're still kind of easing into a couple things? No,
3: absolutely. I feel like everything's there. Um, I've been working really hard on refining my mechanics uh during this whole rehab process. So, um you know, I feel right now if I was to if I was to, to judge myself on how I was in the past and how I was now, I think I'm a better pitcher now than I was um on the Cape or in college. Um you know, even even not fully recovered. Um my 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 command is you know, 10 times better. I, uh, I'm able to locate wherever I want right now. And, um, you know, that's all, that's all props to, uh, to the, to the, the, the coaching staff at the Blue Jays. We, we've been working really hard and trying to tweak some things, uh, make it, make my delivery better on my arm. And, uh, you know, I kept, kept the same arm speed and my velocity back now. And uh, I've been able to locate a lot better.
1: Was there? I know this happens a lot of times with pitchers. Uh, was there a time when you were like, just realized, like, oh man, I'm actually pretty good at this. Like, <laughs> like whether it was your velocity ticking up or just sort of noticing that hitters were reacting differently to what you were doing.
3: Um, no, I mean, I mean, in, the, in Kit Cod, I mean, I, I obviously had a lot of success, so, um, I tried to take whatever I was doing there to wherever I went. Um, but yeah, I mean. You're getting guys out in Cape Cod League. Basically, you get guys out anywhere. You know, it's a that's a league you go and play and you know you're expecting you're you're getting the best in the country every day. So, um, you know, definitely when I was when I was pitching there, I would I would try to uh, I would try to bring anything I learned there to wherever I'm pitching.
1: And I imagine the Cape sort of day-to-day was a little closer to pro ball, so it sounds like that was probably just a good experience across the board, setting aside how good you oh, were absolutely. performance-wise.
3: Absolutely. You wake up and you're at the ball field late in the morning and you don't leave till night. So uh, it's different in college when you have to get up and go to class and, and all that other stuff. So you, you just wake up and you're a baseball player.
1: So uh there is a I guess a competing podcast uh that I'm friends with the the guys that do it and they've had Carlos Rodon on theirs. Is there a rivalry between you two?
3: No. Uh, I don't think so. I think uh I think a lot of people tried to try to um put comparisons on us through college considering we we're we we're both North Carolina guys and um you know both top of the draft guys. So I think people just uh just went ahead and drew drew some comparisons and tried to tried to make it out that we were rivals, but uh, we real I mean we never pitched against each other, so I don't think uh, that's even possible.
1: Yeah, are you, I mean, are you guys friendly? Have you sort of run into each other here and there? Um, I met him once. Um,
3: I met him once, and we you know we were friendly, but uh, not since then. So hopefully, we'll run into each other again in, in the big league someday.
1: Yeah, it might be sooner rather than later. Although I know you're focused on the right now, so I'll worry for you. It, it'll, it'll happen at some point. Um, do you pay attention to all the media stuff about you, like being mentioned in trade talks or being ranked here or there or any of that sort of stuff?
3: Um, I don't. I try not to pay attention to it, um, but I am aware of it. Uh, if that makes any sense, I, I see it happening, um, but I try to keep my focus centered on on what I got going on in my life right now, which is the rehab process and. Um, you know, my, my agent does a good job of, of making me aware of, of what can and can't happen and, um uh, what will happen because a lot of, a lot of the stuff out there, um, is kind of crazy. So, um, he does a good job of, of keeping me, uh, keeping me informed and what, what can and can't happen.
1: Does it feel good to actually be able to say the word agent out loud?
3: Yeah. Yeah, it does. It's, uh... It was a long time. Where I couldn't couldn't say that. But You're like you know, I've got I've
1: now, got a uh, friend that knows the industry well, and we talk sometimes. But that's all I can say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, last question, uh, sort of you know ideal sort of game day scenario. Do you have any sort of music or food or kind of rituals that you do uh, leading up to a start? Um. No. I mean, I I think for
3: me. It, it, it's all about making the day as normal as possible I don't want to change anything about my day um you know there are guys out there that don't talk to anybody and they don't and they come right on. they don't talk to anybody or associate with anybody for the whole day up until they start but I'm not like that I like to keep it uh, um you know a normal day go in and sit out everybody and and just you know keep it loose before the game starts so when the game starts it's, it's on and um you know, I'm as competitive as can be, as you guys saw on the Cape and at ECU.
1: Yeah, are you one of those guys that turns into a different person when you're on the mound and you don't want people to talk to you and all that, or do you keep sort of a similar demeanor?
3: No, I try to keep a similar demeanor, um, you know, I just, you know, when I get on the mound, I really hate the people on the other dugout. uh, that's just something that I've always, I've always done, and I learned that at a young age, um, and, you know, it's sometimes at ECU that got me in trouble, so, uh, you know, I had to learn how to control that, control my emotions on the mound, and I think I got pretty good at that throughout the end, to the end of my career at ECU and on the Cape. So, um, you know, I like to be competitive, I like to be emotional, but there's a there's a point where you got to uh, turn it back sometimes.
1: Yeah, well, uh, that's all I got, man. Uh, thanks for the time, and uh, you know, good luck with your rehab. And selfishly, it's great to hear that I wasn't responsible for your Tommy John surgery. <laughs>
3: Oh well, thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, hopefully we'll uh we'll hear your uh you know at a full season league in a couple months and uh, we'll check back with you then see how things are going. Cool. Sounds good. Alright, have a good one Jeff. Alright, you too. Bye.